Kia ora, I'm Alex Ashton and this is The Detail. Today, the government wants to crack down on people lending to the poor and getting rich from it. The days of desperate consumers flocking to lending trucks may be over. For far too long, too many of these third-tier lenders have been having a third day and that has got to stop. The Consumer Affairs Minister, Chris Farfoy, has some ideas. He's proposing to cap interest rates at 0.8% per day, to limit the total repayment to twice the original loan, and to force lenders like truck shops and mobile traders to screen people before they hand them cash. The aim? To avoid situations like this. When we borrow money, interest is added on. Even to sign the paper, you're getting charged a first month's interest. And that's with a lot of these lenders here, as well as the establishment fee, administration fee, everything. And it all adds up. And they don't want to know if you can't pay, they just want their money back. Humiliating. Embarrassing. I need finance now. Well, according to our criterion, Max, you're good to go. If you need more summer fun, we've got the money. You'll have seen and heard the ads for finance companies offering quick cash in hand, be it to put petrol in the car or for less urgent matters like needing a holiday. Perhaps you find yourself in a tight spot with too many balls in the air or in need of a fresh start. Well, now we're powering up. If you're desperate for cash and someone's offering to put money in your account, there's a pretty good chance you'll sign whatever you need to sign to get that money. The issue is, sometimes it'll cost you a lot, which means there's money to be made in high-interest loans to people who can't pay it back. I see it in my community in Porirua and uh, the wider electorate that I um, serve uh, in Wellington. How would you describe the market with these types of lenders at the moment? Vast. Vast and extremely easy. Rob Stock is a business reporter for Stuff. So, you know, if you want a loan now, you want a small amount of money, a large amount of money, it's pretty easy. A lot of people can get money very, very quickly. There must be a way to stop this, Lieutenant. If we could catch the goons in the act, Mr. Rennick, or a victim could identify as assailant, the goons are only hired help. I'm talking about getting the loan sharks themselves. Well, the term loan shark is, is very broad. It's, it's whatever anybody wants to see it as. Um, to me, a loan shark is somebody who is a, a, an illegal lender with, and there's the potential threat of violence and intimidation. But, you know, um, Minister Chris Farfoy used the term on a press release this week. That's a, that's a broadening of the use of the word loan shark to me. They may be exploitative lenders, but I don't see them as loan sharks. Yeah, what's he saying it to mean? Yeah, exploitative lender. An exploitative lender, somebody who, who lends um, on such terrible terms that it leaves a person in a dreadful position. The chances of them of them paying the loan, very low. The chances of them carrying on paying the loan for months, if not years, very high. And that's just dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Thompson, do you happen to know if Busky was in debt to the loan sharks? I couldn't say, Mr Rennick. I try and talk the boys out of borrowing. What sort of person and what sort of situation is being exploited? Uh, it's broader than you'd think, but it's mostly... People who aren't earning that much, beneficiaries, so obviously work and income, the government's got some, some part in this. Studies, and including some that Chris Farfoy had done, show that a vulnerable borrower won't just have loans from loan sharks as, as exploitative lenders. They'll also have government loans 
So, you know... To it, wins or... Oh, yes. Mm. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's a very common lender to people who are in financial distress. Now the government is working to sort out those exploitative lenders it doesn't want in the borrowing pool. Who are they targeting? What sort of lenders are they targeting with... Well, they say, they say high-interest lenders, and a high-interest lender it seems to be defined as a lender who charges interest of 50% or more. I don't know about you, but I think 45% is quite high interest. I think 40% is quite high interest. The, the, the cut-off point you, seems fairly arbitrary to me. You could, you could go lower. And they tend to, these tend to be desperation loans, relatively marketed as short-term loans, easily got, get them over the mobile phone, um, what we don't know is how often these loans roll over again and again and again and become long-term ones. And so would that include the likes of the companies you see advertising on TV, get finance now, come in, borrow money, no questions asked, that sort of thing, and also the, the trucks, would it cover those as well? Yes, it, it will. And, and actually, um, when we think about what Chris Farfoy is trying to do, he's not only trying to put a cap on how much money you'd pay, and put an end, an end date on a loan. So if you take a, a high-interest loan, you'll only ever pay under his and his laws. Uh, interest and fees equal to 100% of what you borrowed. So you borrow $100, you pay back a maximum of $200, and you can't keep rolling the loan over. Great. Let's take a look at how loans can get out of control. Okay, well, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a case study, actually. Oh, get, you've got one. Yeah, yeah but gathered, by, gathered by FinCap, which is the old Federation of Family Budgeting Services. So FinCap basically... Its budgeters help people in a mess. And so it gathered case studies and it handed them over to the government to show what the kind of costs could be. Mm-hmm. This looks at a woman called, called Sarah. It's just a made-up name. Mm-hmm. So she borrows 400 bucks to fix her car. Right? Yeah, the term of the loan was supposed to be 57 days. It's a very short term. Right? Uh, establishment fee, 64 bucks. So quite expensive. Interest, 365%. So it's a percent a day. Um, over that 57, 57 days, if she pays it back... How much was she borrowing? Uh, 400 bucks. 400 bucks. 400 okay. bucks. So, yeah, 400 bucks over 57 days. Establishment fee, 64 bucks. Interest at 365%. Um, over, those, over those 57 days would be $197.36. Um, yeah, that's pretty high. Now, yeah, if she so, fails, mm. if she fails to make those repayments, and those repayments are 97 bucks a week... For, 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 for seven weeks, which is a huge chunk of her money. How much does Sarah make? Repayments equal a quarter of her weekly income. Right. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot. And if she fails, each time she misses a payment, there's extra fees, um, there's a default fee. So Sarah, best case scenario, ends up paying back, what's that, $706. Yeah. Worst case scenario, what happens to Sarah? Worst case scenario... She has... Well, the worst-case scenario actually happened to her. She couldn't pay the loans. She asked for... She actually asked for the lender to send her her loan to a debt collector because that would slow things down, give her more time, give her a chance to negotiate. They said no. She then, she then, she then went to a budgeting service and they begged again and they sent it to a debt collector. And why would you want it sent to a debt collector? Slows things down. Why? Crystallises the loan. They can stop adding interest to it. Right. As soon as you default... You're in that position. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty grim. It's pretty grim. Now, does that look like responsible lending to you? Well, no. No, it really doesn't. Mm. And yet it's happening. If Sarah can't get a loan from these people, mm. where does Sarah go to fix her car? 
Where, 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 exactly. As I said earlier, some people, this will bring on an earlier financial crisis. What happened with Sarah is all she did was she kicked the can down the road a very short distance and the, the hole was deeper at the end of it. Is this, is, if we take that money away, if we, if we reduce the lending, what? Work and income. What? Who? Who's going to help? The budgeting services. People are going to have to seek help earlier. M- more help's going to be necessary. How common is Sarah's story in New Zealand? Don't know is the answer. FinCap, an organisation which helps families budget, reckons high-cost short-term lending costs poor New Zealanders $120 million a year. So let's talk specifics about what's being proposed here. We are adding another component to protect people from unfair predatory lending practices by capping interest rates on short-term high-cost loans at 0.8% per day. Which comes to 292% per annum. How does that compare to where things are now, and is that a good move, the interest rate cap? Yes, it's a good move, and it's a hard line in the sand, which we, our lending laws have tended to be... Um, they've tended to use words like reasonable. Um, they've tended to be principles-based. So it's quite... In some ways, it's quite nice for, for us to actually have hard lines in the sand. So is there a hard line, or is it all just this language around reasonable and this arbitrary... Well, that's, that's currently, but this is a hard line. So it says, mm. yes, you can't go... So, so in Sarah's case, they couldn't have lent her at 365% a year. They couldn't have done that. It would have had to be a maximum of... What, what was the number you used? 292%. 292%. So modestly better, not desperately better, I think. This will limit the accumulation of interest uh, fees uh, where a borrower defaults or needs to reduce pay- repayments because of unforeseen hardship and will help them avoid what can be a never-ending spiral of debt. Which businesses will this affect? Well, you mean names? No, 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 if you, if you want to. Payday lenders. Basically, um, um, you see, you, you, the, the, anybody who uses the term payday lending will be affected by this, because payday lending is short, short, very high-interest loans. Affected how? We can't see their financials. We can't see what they need to charge to make money. It is conceivable some of them will not be able to do business. What's the minister responding to with these proposals? He's responding to what previous previous ministers have responded to, which is individuals walking into their constituency offices, showing them their loan documentation, showing them the financial mess they're in, and, and them as MPs being horrified at what they saw and thinking, can this be legal? Now, I remember um, Sam Lotto-Eager. He was a national national party commerce minister, and he launched the 2013 changes. And I remember seeing in his constituency office, and him telling me, uh, he put his hand in his own pocket and gave some money to so terrible was one situation that came in. And that one situation, that caused him to launch his attempts to, to make things better. Which, which, I mean, good on him. He actually managed that under a national government, which is unusual. If these lenders are such a problem, why not just ban them? Uh, we looked at it, um, but on the balance of probabilities, um, some of these shops offer a service to people who struggle to have transport to get to some shops. Uh, I think most people... Um, would have concern about the way that they operate, um, and a lot of them may look at uh, the measures that are announced today and say they are out. Well, yes, ban them. 
that's actually going to get a lot easier. Um, if these laws pass, and we don't know exactly what exactly what they'll look like at the end, but the idea is to give the Commerce Commission the ability to to certify every lender. So in order to be a lender, in order to be an executive, a director, you would need certification from the Commerce Commission. You need to be fit and proper person. And the Commerce Commission, with 10 days, 10 business days notice, can take that away from you. There are measures that we have introduced within this piece of legislation already to try and make sure that if people are trading, that they are fit and proper and that they have um, obligations like everyone else has in the credit space as well. What would you have to prove to prove yourself to be a, a good enough type to offer people these loans yeah well you 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 set you set that however you want to, to set it um there's there's the entry there's the entry at the entry point you're clearly you're not going to be allowed to be a bankrupt you're clearly not allowed to be a a, a former criminal if you've got dishonesty offenses there will be a bunch of things they will decide but one of the things that they could say on certification is that says yes here's your certification but if you breach any of the laws you lose your certification. And that's going to be a big stick because then basically instead of, instead of it being, uh, uh, oh, I don't think the Commerce Commission will find me because they're not looking that hard and if, if they find me, well, I'll get away, but I'll just fess up and they'll let me carry on. The Commerce Commission can say, right, you're not a lender anymore. Gone. You can't do it. That's your, business. That's your career over. That's, you're no longer a director of this business. You're no longer a, 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 an executive. So that's quite powerful. Um, it's, it's quite interesting and it's an attempt to cir- circumvent the courts and make enforcement work. Yeah, so does that mean that at the moment anyone can set up one of these businesses? Well, we certainly don't have a fit and proper test, which is why he's putting it in the law. He's aware that, that it's hard to, to enforce the current lending laws, and so he's, he's going to require lenders to behave in different ways, much more professionally. So he's going to require lenders to keep proper records. That and to Wait, have, they don't have to at the moment? No, not really. Um, there's going to be a, a part of his law basically says, yep, Proper records, you must keep them, and when the Commerce Commission asks for them, you must hand them over. So this will make it easier for the Commerce Commission to enforce its, its, its laws. And you can't just trust a borrower. A borrower can't just come to you, make a series of statements. You have to verify those statements. You're going to have to verify their financial position. Um, and you're going to have to be able to keep records of that and prove it to the Commerce Commission. So we should get to a point where the Commerce Commission can know a lot more about the lending that's going on and its enforcement job will be a heck of a lot easier, which these things will be, these things will be good. They will, of course, add costs. Um, and we'll see if the businesses, some of the businesses can survive with them, but, yeah. Mm. But the new measures come with a catch. They'll be reviewed in three years' time, leaving some worried about future policy changes. You'd have to be pretty optimistic to think that these will achieve everything he wants. Will they make things better? Probably. Probably. To some extent. And why is that? Is that because the cap is just still set too high? Or where are the holes? Uh, uh, people. Um, some people are dishonest. Some people are exploitative. Some people are desperate. And as long as those are the conditions um, in some parts of our society, there will, there will, there will be people who will push, push, push the line. Is there any way, apart from an outright ban on lending... Is there any way to solve this, to, to stop more people falling into Sarah's situation? 
There are some common there are some common themes in 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 people's lives um, that you hear from the, the the budgeters, people's level of education, people's level of skills, they matter they matter deeply. So when you have an education system that fails a whole bunch of people, when you have an economy that doesn't provide the the the, the stable jobs for people and decent incomes, you, you're going to have problems. People who struggle to get treatment for things like um, serious health conditions, including mental health conditions, people who've had really, really tough upbringings and been abused. I mean, yeah, these all help create very fertile ground for, for exploitative lenders. And that's the other side of this, because while we're talking about the lenders themselves, there's also the people getting these loans. Yeah. If you need to get your car fixed so you can go to work, so you can make money, so you can pay rent, so you can put food on the table, suddenly you no longer have this option. How do you think those people are going to deal? Because... Don't know, it's desperate, Where do they it? go now? This is where you go when you're desperate and that no longer exists. I know, it's desperate. And the pe- who are the people writing these writing these laws? Are people who've never felt that situation in their life. Um, they're very well-paid people. Um, ah, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely desperate. It's very, very difficult. I don't think you or I, I think many of our readers will have any idea what it would be like to be in that position. I mean, some of the, you know, we, we will have had periods in time where we didn't have a lot of money, but... No, desperate, desperate, really hard. How long have we had these kinds of lenders in New Zealand? How long has this system been operating for? Well, how long have we had? There's been an explosion in credit. So there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, since we deregulated financial services in the 80s and 90s, there has been an explosion in credit at all levels. Credit cards, mortgages, explosion in those, personal loans. Um, it's got a lot easier with, with a mobile phone in everybody's hand because, because um, digital technology has, has made it easier to get loans 24-7. There's no doubt about that. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's facilitated lending. But, but lending is an old, old business, an old, old business. Rob Stock says while in the past borrowers were blamed for signing the contracts, public opinion now tends to side with them. The shift in thinking basically goes, goes like this. If buyer beware and expecting people to be responsible doesn't, doesn't work and they end up being sucked dry and exploited um, and often left in a position of hardship and desperation, which then costs us all, um, and they're not in a good place to make these good decisions, we hope, of them, then blaming them is... Totally unhelpful, and it just legitimises their exploitation. And then when a debt collector goes goes in, none of us really, no, nobody cares because it's their fault. They should never have taken yeah, the loan, never right. have signed anything. Sure, but and we've changed. We've moved from that, and and um, yeah, one of the Commerce Commission people, Lizanne Gibbs, who's a real campaigner for better lending and for for people not being exploited. No, she's, she's quite marvellous. She put it pretty well at a conference I went to and reported on last year. The tendency now and I'm paraphrasing her, is to see that the lenders are the... They're the cold-blooded professionals. They're not acting in, in the heat of the moment of desperation. They're the ones in an objective position to make rational judgment. And so the moral f- duty not to cause serious harm, we have shifted onto them, and Chris Farfoy's doing more of that. And I, I, personally, I personally agree with that. That's the detail for today. I'm Alex Ashton. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz, made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Rangi Powick and produced by Alexia Russell. 
Our associate producer is Kaitaki Masalamani. Matewa. Te